Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work. But more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job, or maybe you've been unemployed for a while, or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Sabina. Thank you for joining me for the podcast. Hope you're doing well. We are now entering mid-November. Every time I say this, I can't believe how quickly the year has gone. Never as productive as I want to be. I hope that's not the case with you. Where I live, we are having a beautiful fall. I hope you're experiencing some of that. If you get change in seasons, it's probably one of the best things that Mother Nature does for us. We're approaching the end of the year, and this is a time when we think about upcoming goals, what we haven't done maybe, hopefully what we have done, how we want to wrap things up. And that's what I want to focus on today, and I will get to it. But I want to hit a question that is asked of me pretty much every day now, where clients, people who don't know me, people on LinkedIn, I get phone calls, emails. Most people ask the same question. Should I keep looking for a job right now? We think to ourselves, oh, it's the end of the year. Organizations close. People go on vacation. The holidays, they're not focused. Nobody's hiring. The answer to that question is what I say to everyone every time. You should always be applying. You should always be out there looking. You should always apply. There are still jobs that are being posted every day. One of them is probably yours. The job that you're going to go to next. Personally, twice. I have been hired over the holidays. And I look at this a couple of ways. A lot of people step back from the job search. And if you feel you need to do that, if you want to focus on family, end of year, you're tired, you need a break. If you can do that, do it. You have to make the decision for you. If you decide to continue with the job search, a couple of things I want you to keep in mind. One thing is that a lot of people step back. That competition pool has definitely shrunk a little over the holidays. It's a great time to get yourself in there and 
show yourself at your best because a lot of people are taking that step back. Go for it. Go ahead and do that. Here's another thing that a lot of people don't consider. If an organization is moving forward with a job at this time of year, if they're willing to interview you, and in some cases even hire you, it happened to two people that I work with in the past couple of weeks. This is the sign of a company that is actually very proactive and probably very healthy. And this is what I mean. A lot of organizations worry about budget cuts or they want to have a very streamlined balance sheet going into the end of the year. A company that's going to go through the expense of hiring you, spending that budget money in this year, they have the budget to kill. And that means that they're a healthy company and you want to work for them. Uh, I used to work for an organization that habitually laid people off at the end of the year. So they had that streamlined balance sheet and then they'd rehire them in January. It happened to me. I got called in and said, hey, your job is going away. Everybody who had been with the company for a while pulled me aside and said, don't spend your severance check. They're going to turn around and hire you back in January. You're going to have to return it. It's in your paperwork. They were 100% correct. Sure enough, the company in January said, hey, we want you back. I opted not to go back. Uh, It's like this financial kind of three-card Monty that I don't like. But if someone is willing to spend the time and the money to hire you towards the end of the year, you want to go ahead and do that. You want to go ahead and move forward with that company. You also probably will have the luxury of saying to them when you're extended an offer, thank you, I'd like to start in the new year. In most cases, they're going to be fine with that. Have a discussion, have an open negotiation and discussion about it, but keep looking, keep applying. You never know where that job offer is going to come from. You want to make sure that you're always ready for it. Is this the time of year to keep looking? Are people still hiring? Emphatically, yes. And now that we've covered that, I usually take a look at the employment landscape, as I call it, for you. I don't think it's changed much since the last time I reported it to you. It's all over the place. Unemployment, it's down. It's been decreased by about 3,000 jobs, according to the Department of Labor website. We all know how I feel about their statistics. But then you're also seeing articles where a couple of our heavy hitters in tech, Amazon, LinkedIn, I believe it's Google as well, have been laying some people off. I hope you're not part of that group, but I'm sorry if you are. I keep saying, this is our normal. It's going to be very unpredictable. It's not like what we've been dealing with, what our parents dealt with. Focus on you, your career, what you want, what you need, what's happening with you, your family, and move ahead with that. I don't think any of these statistics are a big indicator of anything, like you can't control it. You can only control you. Go ahead and do that. I would like to draw your attention to though, if you get a chance, go on the Department of Labor website. I've noticed some interesting things there. There is now some advocacy about making unemployment insurance 
and the portals to it a lot easier for the users, having states become a little more streamlined and making sure that they're all, they get to put these programs into place the way they want to do it. They just have to offer these programs, but there is a push for a little more continuity, which I do appreciate. And there are some updates. Every once in a while, if you're out of work, go onto that Department of Labor website, see what's new and different. Don't forget to keep checking out your state resources. That's where you're gonna find the things for you that you need. Update done. What I wanna talk about today is, as you go towards the end of the year, I would like you to adapt a practice of taking a look at your self-care. Everyone knows I'm a huge proponent of this. I will say this, that anybody I work with who goes back to work, they get better jobs, they get better salaries, situations because they negotiate, their self-esteem is up, they're feeling good about themselves and their worth, they know their worth. They also have a shorter ramp up time when they start a new job. They're not still recovering from trauma. They keep good practices and they have a better transition period to going back to working. They know how to prioritize themselves, their needs, their health, and it makes for a much smoother transition. I believe it makes them better employees. I think work organizations are seeing that in the past year and a half. I don't think it's just COVID. You're seeing a lot of organizations understand the need for mental health and self-care, and they provide resources, development, all kinds of things for employees. What I want to do with our time today, I want to hit those eight pillars of self-care. I would like you, if you're listening, make the commitment to do something between now and the end of the calendar year in each area of health, even if it is doing that gut check and making sure that, yep, I think I am where I need to be in this area, great. This should be a constant thing that we do. Our self-care is so important to our overall health and happiness and wellness. And when you're out of work, one of the things that happens is the care of you. You start to go into that survival mode. I know a lot of it is definitely dictated by finances, but a lot of times you, you make do. You may be, oh, I'm not going to eat a lot of fresh vegetables and fruit because it's more expensive and I have a limited dollar amount. I'm going to go with prepackaged meals. No judgment on that. We do what we have to do to get by. Unfortunately, what happens is over time, even when our financial situation perks up, even if we start getting those fresh fruits and vegetables, even if we start going back to our favorite hair place to get our hair done, buying better clothes, everything like that, we still have that mindset of survival, whether it's conscious or not, and it impacts everything you do. A lot of people I talk with say that when they go back to work, they're afraid to ask for things like time off to go to their kids play or go to the doctor because they're used to, you know, having to please to get a job or to they're afraid that they're going to not keep it if they're too demanding. 
I think that's the wrong mindset to have. As long as your, your requests are reasonable, they fit your life. I think being transparent about that when you take on a job, all of those things will serve you in the long run. If you go from this scarcity, less than mindset, you're going to be the person stuck working overtime. You're going to be the person stuck with the bad assignments. You deserve better. If you don't see it, no one else is going to see it. It starts with self-care. So let's dive into this. Eight areas of self-care. I'm going to hit each one. I'll try to be brief. First one, one of the really obvious physical. This is taking care of your body. This be it uh, anything such as health, doctor's appointments, going to the gym, taking a walk, anything like that. A lot of times people who are out of work end up taking on chronic illnesses. I think it's your body's way of saying, pay attention to me. Uh, I've recently gotten over a health crisis that I've had for about, I would say a good year and a half, if not two full years. It's taken a tremendous amount of work because I was making up for a tremendous amount of neglect. I now make time. I make an appointment with myself to exercise and go to the doctor at things I did not do when I was working or when I was out of work. Take a look at where you are health-wise, your family is. Make sure that everything is where it should be. This is going to be an exception to what I'm doing today. I'm going to add this as a must-do for you. Maybe that's why I led with it. We're approaching the end of the year. If you are working and you're listening to this, if you have benefits through your workplace, chances are you have hit a certain amount of your deductible. That's the money that you have to pay off before your insurance starts covering things. You've probably had some doctor's appointments, maybe some treatments that have gone against that deductible. It will not be any smaller than it is right now. When the calendar flips to January 1st, that deductible will go back to its highest point. If you go right now, chances are you could save money. If you go to the doctors now, if you have a treatment now, think about it. You probably have PTO you haven't taken, or you'll have a little time off over the holidays, maybe long weekends, things like that. Call your doctors, make those appointments. Stock up on medications if you have one of those um, FSA cards where they take money out of your paycheck, they put it in that little debit card for copays and medication. And do not leave money on the table. <laughs> do not, in most cases, that FSA amount doesn't roll over. You start again at zero in January. You want to use up that money, even if it means. You're giving people holiday gifts of cold medication. I was the queen of doing that every year because I was not going to leave money on the table for my organization. Make sure that you are taking care of your health, your appointments, you're stocking up on medication, and you are using those deductibles and that FSA card. Do not neglect vision and dental, two areas we tend to Ignore a bit. I've got to do both of those before the end of the year. If you're having trouble getting scheduled into your doctor, 
And if you are worried about being job insecure in the new year or money being tight, go ahead and tell the staff that at the doctor's office. I have never had a doctor's office ignore me when I've done something like that, when I've said, okay, I'm losing my health care at the end of the year. They have made room for me. The only exception was once I had a doctor who was on his honeymoon, but they found me a referral and someone who was able to take me. Physical health, paramount for you. Okay? Next, mental health. And I don't necessarily mean anything that's a diagnosis. That, I still think, is physical. For mental health, what I mean is your development and learning. We are approaching, we are in a job market where you need to keep your skills up to date, your knowledge up to date. Things are changing rapidly. Do a little audit. Is there something, if you knew how to do something, it would make your job easier, better, it would make you a better job candidate? There's so many free learning resources, LinkedIn Learning, Coursera, books at the library, YouTube videos. We are in a golden age of learning. Think about what you might want to do and and pick something. Go ahead, pick a day. Have it, if you have kids, make that a family learning day. Do that gut check on your development, your learning. You want to keep your brain going on all cylinders. And this could be things as simple as I'm part of a group where we do the daily Wordle. And sometimes it's a little embarrassing how far it takes me to get to that, but that's exercising the mind. So even something like that, the crossword puzzle, Sudoku, that is your mental floss, your mental exercise. Make sure that you do that. Two down, five to go. Your emotional self-care. This is the area where I think a lot of us tend to falter. For me, I would say right now, how I would define it for most people, how are you overall feeling? How is your mood? How is your state of mind? Are you feeling healthy? Are you feeling safe? Are you feeling lonely? It's that time of year. Are you feeling out of the picture? There's so much that we see social media, everything makes us feel like we need to be doing all of these things. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you don't want to. That's okay. As long as you do that check and you decide, no, I really don't want to. Where it gets to be a little scary is I want to, but I don't know how to. I feel left out. This might be something where you need to lean on friends and family ask for assistance and support. You can find groups online. You can go to your friend group, your family. If you don't have that, there are other communities and ways to find them. But I think it's good to do that check-in with yourself. And trust me, taking care of these other areas of self-care will instantly give you a spark in that emotional area. This is the hard one to do, but I think it's important that you make sure that you are okay. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't feel forced to do something for the holidays, but definitely make sure that you feel 
safe, that you feel hopeful, that you have a plan. All right. And here's one that helps with that emotional state, your environment. Okay, this is our fourth one here. Your environment, your home, where you live, where you are. It doesn't have to be your dream home. It it is what makes you happy. And it's what makes you feel comfortable. This is not a comparison thing to anyone else. What one person feels is homey and comfortable might not be what resonates with the next person. I think for me where it starts, things like I need things to be clean and organized. To me, it doesn't matter whether it's Ikea furniture or antiques handed down through the family. I want that cleanliness. I want that organization. The minute that happens, I feel a calm. You figure out if you like bright colors, if you like soothing tones, whatever you can do to bring anything that you like, things you like, put them out in the open so you see them. I think this is why we decorated at the end of the year as as a species. We found comfort in bringing nature inside with garland and pine cones and things like that. If you don't have a big budget for it, don't worry. Find one little thing that you can fixate on that makes you happy every time you see it. You will be shocked at the impact that has on your well-being, on your mood. You come into your environment and you look at it and you go, yeah, really like that. Oh, it's amazing. Let's hit a tough one right now. Financial. This one is hard. Especially if you're out of work, especially if you're worried about your job going away anytime soon. Money is always a tough issue. If you have money, sometimes it's a tough issue. I don't think your financial house needs to necessarily be 100% in order right now. This is a tough time of year to do that. You don't want to be this person who I'm terrified of spending money, but maybe think of a budget. How much are you comfortable spending for the holidays this year or putting some money in savings or doing a tiny splurge? You decide, I think we should do this pretty regularly, checking your credit report checking your bank balance. I know people who don't do that because they're afraid. I get it. I totally get it. I had someone talk to me this week who said, I'm now afraid to go to my mailbox because I got a collection letter. And together we called on the collection letter and we found out they didn't owe this amount. It was an error. And we had a talk about if you hadn't done could have done some damage to your credit reports. I believe knowledge is power and knowledge is empowering. Money, make sure you understand what is coming in and going out. For the end of the year, think about a couple of things that you want to do for this year before the end of the year and do them, but make sure they're comfortable. Make sure they are within your means. And Next year, in January, we'll talk about some long-term goals. Let's talk about how you want to end the year. I come from this culture where however you end the year is how your new year will go. I was raised to always make sure you had money in your wallet, even if it was $5 at the end of the year, so that you would have money in your wallet in the incoming year. 
I can't break that superstition, but I'm very grateful for it because I know no matter what, on January 1st, I can at least get a coffee. That's my homespun sense for today. Let's talk about the social area of self-care. This is the time of year where I think you either become like Ebenezer Scrooge or the Cratchit family where you have, you don't want to see anybody or you want to see everybody. And then there's this obligation that you have, whether it's to drive three hours to go to someone's house for Thanksgiving and then drive home that night with a belly full of turkey. I think you make that boundary for yourself. You decide what you want to do. If you want to have people over and then what you want to have them over for. You don't have to serve everybody a 10 course dinner. You can have all your friends over for cider or coffee or tea or cocoa or a little more than that. If that's your thing, you decide. And it's okay if you say no. Don't feel forced or obligated. Make those mindful decisions about social. And don't let anyone else tell you, oh, you have to do this. No, you really don't. We all set those boundaries. We all make those decisions. I think if it's forced and you don't want to be there, or I I know I'm reading all over the place about families who say, oh, we have to buy gifts for everyone. And maybe you don't want to, maybe you can't. And then it just becomes a source of anxiety and stress on a whole new level for you. Beg off. I hope we're getting to this point where we're saying to people, I'm not up for it, or I'm trying to watch my pennies and I want a low-key holiday this year, or go ahead. I want to focus on the real meaning of the holidays. How's that one for a novel approach? Whatever works for you, whatever you want, you might have to compromise in this area. I get it. Make sure you do something socially or not socially that you want so that the whole thing isn't one giant obligation that will affect all of those other areas of self-care. If you are by yourself and you want to be with people and maybe your family's far away and your friends are traveling or something like that, being out in public, going out for a walk, going to the movies, going out for coffee, there's something for everyone on every level of income, finance, ability, aptitude. Do it. Go ahead and do it. Okay, we're at our last two here spiritual. This is a big one this time of year. It should be one of our key areas of self-care all the time. It is that, here it is, it's not necessarily religion. Please don't get mad at me for saying that. It is adding a deeper purpose and meaning to what we do. Anything that you do. This is why people volunteer. It really is. Add that to your life. Think of something you can do between now and the end of the year. Are you doing enough of it? I know when you're out of work, you tend to be very you-focused, as you should be. But I also know from my own experience that 
you can always find someone who is worse off than you, no matter how bad it is. Giving back, giving your time, your knowledge, your experience, anything like that to someone else is a way of centering you and taking you out of yourself and reminding yourself that things will get better, that even if things are bad, there is hope, there are people who help and support And for a few minutes, you're going to be one of those people who helps and supports someone else is a great way to jumpstart yourself, your esteem, your awareness. It helps you realize where you are in life when you give yourself to someone else or something else. It could be not volunteering, not donating. It could be finding that life lesson. One thing I wrote about in in my book, and I've talked about this, is every year I'm with a group that we read the book Man's Search for Meaning. The theme of that book is to find what drives you in life. Is it your family? Is it your career? Is it finding learning in life? Whatever it is for you, that ties to your spirituality. Spend some time journaling, thinking about that. That will hit that note of self-care. And I think, obviously, at this time of year, we do need to think about that and focus on it. Take a few minutes. Take a day. Think about how you're going to make that a, a habit. Okay, down to the last one, and I specifically saved this for last because I do think it's important at this time of year. And that's the recreational side of self-care or more commonly known as fun. Yeah, fun is self-care. If you get a chance, if you haven't already, not to be shamelessly self-promoting, but I encourage you to go back to season one of the podcast. I did this great interview with Dr. Mike Rooker, who wrote a book called The Fun Habit. And Michael refers to fun as the antidote to burnout. This is the time of year where we feel we don't have anything left to give. Thank goodness it's the end of the year. We look forward to that calendar year brings us, that new calendar year brings us like the new beginning and we feel refreshed and invigorated. That's why we do goals and New Year's resolutions and everything else. I think we have that wrong. Mike taught me so much in this interview and from reading his book. I recommend the book. Maybe you could make that part of your development for self-care, but go have fun. And what is fun? Fun is not forced. Fun has this finite beginning and end. It is little whimsical, indulgent. It is something that has no purpose except to maybe make you laugh and exhilarate you. It's going to be different for every one of us. And it could be, I don't know, sitting around and singing silly holiday songs. It could be driving around and looking at holiday decorations. It's so many different things for different people. Figure out what fun is for you. I think this is one of our most neglected areas of self-care because a lot of times, especially out of work, 
when we're focused on our job and worried about it, we feel guilty having fun. Think of it this way. Fun. Antidote to burnout. You owe it to yourself to have fun so that you don't burn out. How's that for some logic for you? Figure out what's fun. Do it. And there you have it. Quick checklist and check-in on all of those areas of self-care. We neglect ourselves so much. I think we're starting to be aware of this. You will not be able to focus on an area of self-care every day. All of the areas of self-care every day. Sorry, I misspoke there. It's too much, but it's that regular check-in and building those good habits. People who exercise every day, yes, they know to do it, but they treat it like a job that needs to be done. They treat it as necessary and they're right. Self-care is not indulgent. Recently, I was at an event and I had a fellow author talking about uh, self-care and the importance of it. And I loved how she equated it to pro-athletes. They take care of their mind and their body and nobody is going to get in their way when they do that because it's part of their job. Guess what? It's part of your job. It's part of your job of being you. You have to make sure all of these areas are checked regularly. None of them are neglected and build those good habits for self-care so that when you start that new job, when you go into that new year, you are as healthy and aware as you can be. I hope you take some time, go down the checklist, run through the podcast, do that little check-in. The only thing I adamantly think you need to take care of before the end of the year without any reservations is that health component because it's time-driven and it's very financially driven for a lot of us. All of them, make them touch points and go ahead and take care of you. That's my check-in for right now. Make sure that you are taking care of you and yourself and you're aware of where you are and all of the areas of the eight pillars of self-care. By doing this, you're going to assure that you are as healthy and focused as you can be when you go ahead and start that future that you deserve. Thanks for listening. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out-of-work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sulat. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at ssulat at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast, I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.